speak to you in the name of the undivided Trinity, eternal majesty, incarnate word, and ever-living spirit. Amen. Please be seated. As we come to this day, I was mindful this week of a book that was so important to me in my own spiritual journey, a book by a priest named Martin Smith, and the book was entitled, The Word is Very Near You. It's a book that describes how our engagement with prayer and scripture deepens our relationship with God. And in the course of that book, as you might, it's not that long a book, it's an awesome book, y'all ought to read it. In the course of that book, He obviously goes into some discussion of the nature of God, who is God. And there's one chapter that always, uh, I read a long time ago, but always sticks in my mind. And the title of the chapter, God is a Conversation. God is a Conversation. And it was his way of kind of bringing, (laughs) maybe down to earth, the mystery of the Trinity which we observe today. And to say that, in essence, for all time, God is community. God is community of love. God is a conversation going on between the three persons of the Trinity, but also, and this is the really amazing part, depicted in that famous Russian icon, which has the Trinity and then a table, a table and then an empty chair for you and me, that God is a conversation into which we are invited. And so we come on this day to think about how we might answer that invitation. Um, In case you haven't picked it up, it's Trinity Sunday, one of the most mysterious days in the life of the church, a day we confess and acknowledge and proclaim, even if we can't explain. And people over the centuries This will come as a shock, but people in the church have actually gotten to fights over this. Uh, How to understand the Trinity. So what does the church do? It doesn't give us, uh, in our lectionary, a long doctrinal dissertation. Uh, There are plenty of those floating around, thank you very much. What it does is takes us to the Gospel of John where we meet Jesus in conversation. One of the distinctive things about the Gospel of John is that Jesus just keeps talking to people at great length. Unlike other Gospels, he talks to the woman at the well, at the Samaritan woman, talks to the man born blind, talks for six chapters to his disciples before he goes to Calvary. And today, in the first of the conversations that appear in that book, we meet Nicodemus, who comes to Jesus at night. That's why I call this story Nick at Night. Jesus Jesus meets Nicodemus in this conversation about the mysteries of who God is and how we enter into relationship with that God. Nicodemus comes maybe, maybe the same way that we come to Trinity Sunday, filled with questions. And Jesus kind of teases him a little bit about being a teacher of the law and having so many questions. I happen to think Nicodemus probably was an Episcopalian because he crept his way into church, not abandoning his questions, but bringing them as a way of exploring more deeply God's life. And Nicodemus comes with his questions. Um, The passage we have is sort of a famous passage. I think we read it earlier this year in Lent. It includes that famous verse, John 3, 16, which you can see in banners at baseball stadiums. It includes that word, uh, 
that idea of being born again, which is sort of loaded for many people. You can also think of it as being born anew or born from above. But um, really, I think why we read this today is because it, it gives us some hints about the life, the mystery of the Trinity. So Jesus says to Nicodemus, as I picture him, Nicodemus sort of scratching his head, uh, Nicodemus knows that Jesus has come from God, the God above, who shows these good works through Jesus. And Nicodemus comes to know Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, as the one who offered his life. As the Father gives the Son, so Jesus offers his own life, is lifted up for the sake of the healing of the world. And then Nicodemus uh, hears about the Spirit. The Spirit blows where it will. You don't know where it's been. You don't know where it's coming from. But Jesus points to that amazing mystery. I wonder if you've sensed that mystery in your own life and the way the Spirit works. All of these are hints at how the Spirit, how the Holy Spirit, how Jesus the Son, how God the Father interacts and works. And I think that's why we've been pointed to this reading this day. It's interesting, in all these conversations that we have in the Gospel of John, we don't necessarily hear the follow-up. We don't necessarily hear what happens to these people next, except in the case of Nicodemus. Nicodemus, later on in the Gospel, is in a group of Pharisees who are trying to figure out how on earth they can get rid of Jesus. And what Nicodemus does with great courage, courage, you know, is bravery and love combined, Nicodemus stands up, and speaks on behalf of Jesus and calls for justice. And the other time we read about Nicodemus is after Jesus has died. And Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea lovingly, and again with bravery, courage, put Jesus in the tomb. And I can't help but thinking that that encounter early on with Jesus and Nicodemus was the thing that changed him that set him on this course marked by courage, bravery, and love. And we read his story as an invitation to put ourselves in that story and to say, how is it? We don't necessarily need to even understand it, but how is it that we can live our lives in relationship to the Trinity? How is it we can relate, even on a rainy Memorial Day weekend, with the God who makes creation so beautiful? I uh, heard an interview with Maya Angelou this week, and she was talking, she almost wept in the course of the interview. How is it, she said, that the God who made all of creation, the leaves and streams and flowers and birds and sky, how is it that that God loves me? She was overwhelmed with that. That's what we hear in John 3. How is it that we relate to Jesus, the Son, who calls us to follow him, to see him as our teacher, as our guide, as our spiritual coach? How is it that we follow him? And how is it that we let the Spirit uh, manifest its fruits in all of us, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, all of the things that the Spirit gives? Trinity Sunday is a day uh, to celebrate a doctrine, yes, and to dive into all the things over the centuries 
that people have written about it and to do our best to understand all that. But essentially, I see it as an invitation for a deeper life for each one of us to sit at that table, to enter that conversation, to know God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and to find in that the courage to live in this world, the bravery and the love. Amen.